Welcome to the Imagine Autism podcast. My name's Dave. And I'm Amanda. And we have an autistic son called Lennon and a daughter called Coco. Look, we're not experts on autism. We're just parents with an autistic child on an interesting rollercoaster of a journey. That we thought we'd turn into a podcast. So thanks for joining us. Here it is. Grab a wine. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely grab a wine. (laughs) What's your name? Lennon, please. Thank you. (laughs) How old are you? Um... Six nothing here. And what's your favourite thing to do? Um, washing. Washing? What do you love about the washing machine? It turns very fast. Seriously, stop laughing. Thanks. <laughs> There's nothing to laugh about in this you episode. You started it. Thanks no, for joining us. No, this one's not funny. No. Um, well, I mean, you know, if you've None got of a treat. <laughs> None of it's funny. You've got to treat all of it with a little bit of, you know, lightheartedness, haven't you? Well, I think we have, and that's been one of the things that's helped us cope. Yeah, that's been a coping strategy. In all strategy. seriousness. That and wine. So anyway, mm. this is about the diagnosis. Dum, dum, dum. You listen to too many podcasts. <laughs> none, of them, none of them have that. All right. Where do we start? Well, I think we start with our paediatrician who recommended we go and have Lennon tested. And I vividly remember him saying that Lennon... Um, he wasn't sure what we were testing for, but we're testing for something. But don't worry, I don't think he's autistic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but it was an autism test we were going it for. It was, but that's what he said. <coughs> don't worry, I, you know, I've, I want them to test that, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that's what he is. Yeah, that's right. Which but didn't he was... prepare us very well. No, but it, <clears throat> he was he was always very realistic, though, wasn't he? He was like, he tested everything. He had an MRI. He had he had so many tests for so many different things that you know this was just another i think he was he kind of saw it because he was so young he was kind of seeing it as something to tick off the list don't you reckon yeah i don't know it was the one thing out of our journey with that amazing pediatrician that was quite strange was that he i felt like i wasn't prepared for that particular day because Mm. he had he hadn't set my expectations up for it could be this yeah even though we knew he was testing for it yeah So because of the great paediatrician we were seeing in Sydney, though, we didn't have to spend too long on a wait list. No, he was a well-connected guy. Yeah. Which was, you know, we were really lucky to have found him, but we also paid a heck of a lot of money to actually, for for that privilege. Yeah, we could have fed a small country on the amount of money we spent. But wouldn't change that. No. No. I mean, you know, yeah, he was was wonderful. So yeah, he, he was actually not far from where... Where he his office was was it? It was in yeah. He was right across the road from the Royal North Shore Hospital. Yeah, in Sydney. So for those who know it, um, yeah, it's a great hospital. It's a student hospital, isn't it? Yes, I think. Yes, yeah. it absolutely is. I had students based on your birth birth experience. Putting yes, needles in my back. Yeah, really badly. Yeah, really badly. Really badly. Um, but yeah, it's a student hospital. It's also got a private wing, which we weren't part of. <laughs> we weren't part. Of. We've been to visit friends there, but yeah. that, that wasn't our thing. It looked really nice. It came with a bar fridge. It did. Fully stocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, surprisingly. Um, so yeah, we went to the the Royal North Shore Hospital for a test, and it's kind of you know if you imagine you going up to the main entrance of the Royal North Shore, this was kind of kind of like a side wing, wasn't it? You remember? It's on entrance, and downstairs there was a cafe. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And so we went in, and I think I've got a feeling it was level three. Yeah, it was wasn't whatever. It? Maybe yeah. it was level four. Yeah, not a big deal in the grand scheme no, of the I'm story. Not, no, no, I'm reliving the memory. Well, there no. was a lift involved, and the lift played an important 
part in this as we were leaving. So yes, it yeah, was, it was yes. it was up. Yeah. So we went in, we took our little boy in his in the pram. You were pregnant mm-hmm. at the time. Um fairly heavily pregnant actually, mm-hmm. weren't you? Yeah, yeah, five months. Yeah. And mm-hmm. how old was Lennon at the time? He was I think twenty eighteen 20 to months. twenty. Eighteen months. to twenty months, yeah. And it was super young for even a test, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Apparently autism isn't really tested at at an eighteen month mark. And perhaps that's what our pediatrician was meaning when he was sort of not setting our expectations up that this will probably result in autism because yeah, he was so long, so young, sorry. I don't know yeah. if he actually had necessarily processed that because we knew that Lennon had a global developmental delay. Yeah. Physical speech, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and possibly we always put it down to this and I still don't don't discount this. And I'm not sure Paddy didn't really elaborate on it, but he did have an MRI. But when Lennon was born he was he was quite badly squished against your ribs, wasn't he? And well his head was squished up under my ribs. Yeah. And his knees were squished into his own body. To the point where he was bruised. Yeah. He which came kind of out. signified he was in that position for a long time, hey? Yeah, he was badly bruised when he was born. Hmm. And and people didn't know that. They didn't know he was squished under the ribs. They actually thought he was head down and he was head up. And so, oh, so he again, was a breach. Yeah, and his little flat breach hair, position. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Poor little fella. So we went up to this particular sort of Level room. three slash four. Level three slash four. Got out of the lift, found our way, and we met the um, the three... Mm. Three musketeers. Of, oh, I was going to say, witches <laughs> of Eastwick. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I, they were lovely people, but they... <laughs> oh, they were. They were. They might listen to this. Well, maybe they'll learn something because we have a lot to say about that particular day. Yeah, it was it was an interesting experience. But we went in and they sat us down at, you know, the smallest table in the world. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? It was a table for, you know, three-year-olds. Yeah, but why not, we were five why not adults. cater for adults? Yeah. Surely adults turn up there. <laughs> so there were three, the, the three, three ladies and then myself and Amanda and then our little fellow Lennon. So we were all sitting on these little tables. Lennon couldn't sit on a chair so it was sitting around with our knees around our ears and then and Lennon kind of stumbling to hold up around the table wasn't he yeah and explained they were going to do this particular test which is a test for autism for kids under two yep and they kind of ran us through what was going to happen and then we went and, and that was kind of it wasn't it yeah so they'd sort of I think I remember them talking to us about they were going to take Lennon to go and do this test um, without us being present. Which was weird. Yeah. We were allowed to look through the glass, right? Yeah. So we had this, yeah, the one with like the FBI glass. Yeah, one way glass. But we knew that he wasn't going to sort of handle that very well. So I think I was nominated or um, volunteered to go in with him and sort of sit off to the side. That's right. And I was in the... The, the, FBI one, room. the FBI room, the one-way glass room, yeah. Yeah, and um, the you? idea of the test was that essentially a whole bunch of things were presented to Lennon, be that a toy or the sound of something or a visual on TV or whatever. Well, yeah, let's set the scene, actually. Set the scene. So he was at the, at the table, wasn't he? Yep. So he was at a table on a chair and then the one of the musketeers was on the other side um, doing stuff. I would call them the witches of Eastwick. One of the witches, yeah. Well, one of, one okay. of the women. One of them were there on the other side. Specialists. We should probably specialists. say specialists. Yeah. 
No, that we absolutely should. Okay. We'll come to why we have a bad yeah. test in our yeah. mouth later. But they were, yeah, obviously they were specialists. And then, and so, yeah, they said, so they presented it with objects. So they did a range of things. So the objects, remember that? Yeah, so the first part was the objects. And, yeah, they gave them, gave Lennon a series of things that he was assessed on how he played with them. But he never played with them as they were supposed to be played with. So he didn't get sort of a car and then roll it on its wheels. He spun everything. I think he flipped it on its roof and spun it, didn't he? Yeah, and that was the same with everything. Whatever it was, he didn't do what, uh, you know, in... Neurotypical kids. Yeah, neurotypical kids would do. So he he spun everything or he shook things or he... He looked at things differently. And Which are flags, obviously. Yeah, they're And that, that was a flag sure. for us. Yeah. But then she picked up the... She picked, I just remember, she picked up this doll and a spoon. You remember that? Saying, oh, yeah. How would you feed the doll? <laughs> Did he throw it off the table? <laughs> he just, like, picked it up. He wasn't impressed. He's like, nah. Yeah, oh, my God, that was so funny because it <laughs> was like, you know, imaginary play. Lennon's actually at six and a half starting to do a bit of imaginary play now. Yeah. But, um, but you know, at 18 to 20 months old, feeding a doll, he just looked at her like she was the stupid one. You know, <laughs> yeah. Not that he's the stupid one, but he just he yeah. just was like, no. Get real. Yeah, this is a doll. <laughs> what would I feed him? What would I feed the doll? <laughs> yeah. And he threw it off the table, didn't he? Yeah, he just threw it straight on the floor. Oh, it was but funny. The, but the funniest thing, which we've never, ever, like, we'll never let go, was his... <laughs> non-reaction to the wiggles that's right she played the wiggles expecting him to come alive and, yeah. and just go nuts dance on the table something and he just didn't even didn't it even was like there wasn't even music but no and it turns out that we'd never played the wiggles for him because at the time at the time we hadn't yeah played we, the wiggles. Well, we weren't fans of the wiggles we i i used to watch the simpsons with him like yeah. If she'd have played The Simpsons, and that's what we longer. said, play yeah. The Simpsons. Like he'll react to that. Yeah. But because he'd never seen the wheels, never he wasn't heard excited that. by them. He was, he just had no reaction, which was then recorded as a, um, yeah, as whatever. I guess a failure. For <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the kid doesn't like the wiggles. <laughs> he has issues. <laughs> turns out, as it happens, turns little out, caveat here. Oh my god, he, he loves, loves the wiggles. wiggles. Yeah. I love and so do we. Yeah, oh, they were great. We saw them live. We were starstruck. <laughs> it was. I was pretty overwhelmed when I saw them. All. It was cool. It was very cool. I was disappointed I didn't see the original Captain Feathersword, I must admit. Yeah, I was too. They were too. great. But remember Lockie Emma? Because I was so happy to see Lockie. <laughs> I was happy to see Emma. But so was Lennon. <laughs> Lennon loved Emma. And I think that's the thing. You know, the Wiggles over time became a familiar go-to thing for us Lennon was became obsessed with them he actually learned to kind of dance through the wiggles he learned, I think he learned to speak because of the wiggles I mean we were fairly integral no I know but like <laughs> you know they would say they would sing songs that he would learn to then yeah. sing along with yeah and you know I just and also things like trying to work with your children at home I have so much to be thankful for because every time I had to have a work conference call I could put on an episode of The Wiggles. Yeah, they used to be on at 10, didn't they? I mean, with well, ABC Kids It, but... Yeah, you could put it on any time. But I knew I had about 12 to 15 minutes of <laughs> solid, uninterrupted adult conference call time for work. And I used to always think, God bless The Wiggles. <laughs> <laughs> little side thing. We went to see The Wiggles in, in um, Kapalaba, Redland. Cleveland. Cleveland. Redland yeah. Bay yeah. Performing Arts Centre. And it was brilliant. It was a really, really good show. So and the great. kids really loved it. 
we nearly lost Coco. If you remember that, she disappeared in the crowd, and we were panicking. And she turned out on the seat where we we originally sat. Do you remember that? No, oh, no. Oh, it's scary. Oh, yes, yes outside. At the end, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's because you were chatting to the girl. Oh well, yeah. So that, that was my story. Selling the balloons. Yeah, yeah well, she was selling she the balloons. The she was yeah. So for those who, I mean, if you're a parent in Australia and you're listening to this and you you've watched the Wiggles with your kids, which I'm sure you have, it was the the one of the main dancers, and she's you know a short woman with she's a ballerina. She's got dark hair. Anyway, she was serving on the stall. And I was like, oh wow. And so I explained to this. I, I Everything was expensive merchandise and the tickets were expensive. So I thought, look, I'll get them a balloon because they like balloons. These are helium balloons. And I said, look, I'll have two helium balloons, please. And I said to this woman, I said, I said, oh, you're, you're one of the, the, the characters and one of the dancers. She said, yeah, yeah. I said, look, you know, we've got a lot to be thankful for because our little boy started dancing and, and trying to sing because of the wiggles. I said, you know, it's, it's a, he's autistic and it's pretty incredible. So big thanks. She said, oh, you know, it's great to hear. I love stories like that. $30, please. <laughs> it's like, what? Are you charging me for your time? $15 a balloon. Did you think you were going to get a discount because our son's autistic? <laughs> no, I don't know. No, I, just, I, th- I thought I'd pick a cheap item and I got a $15 bloody balloon. Anyway. A little aside. See, anyway. Lennon loves the wiggles, didn't then. Didn't react to the test. Yeah. Um, but yet, didn't... Like, he this didn't... woman was a stranger, right? Like, he wasn't underperforming. He was just being himself. And, but he was engaging, wasn't he? Um, I don't... Yeah, he was engaging, but not, um, not in the way that they would want him to in order to be able to give him a tick in that box that was required. Yeah. I don't think he got many ticks. I don't think he got any. Probably not any. Probably not any. No. Um, and and so, look, the test ended and, you know, we all gathered round and stuff like that. And then they said they're going to run the numbers. They're going to, you know, they're going to yeah. confer. So the idea was they were going to talk and, yeah, go through the test and figure out what, you know, having 20 non-ticked boxes meant. Um and we didn't we, know they didn't no. take the boxes, by and, the way. And that's, that's, that's being me being sarcastic. We didn't know if there were boxes or if they were taking notes or what. That wasn't really sort of shared with us. Yeah, because the other the other therapists were in a room with me. Yeah, watching. so the two other specialists <laughs> yeah. were sitting with Dave in the FBI room and, and I was with the one woman doing the test with Lennon. So the test finished and we were told you know go for a walk outside grab some lunch or whatever yeah, 30 minutes yeah something like that yeah. and then come back and and we'll um we'll share with you you know our findings so we go for lunch i just feel like at this point i you know all the way along with our journey with lennon we didn't know that like i never felt like we were, we were walking into a autistic diagnosis but no you know, we go we go off on this lunch and, yeah, I mean, I feel like I, we sat there over lunch and I can remember what we had. I think we had banana bread or something and I was, mm-hmm. or maybe it was just coffee or whatever. Yeah, coffee and a banana bread, yeah. Yeah, maybe it was sort of late morning that we were sort of having this, you know, this snack to fill in time or they sort of deliberated and talked about Lennon, but... Yeah, we had a what if chat, I not we, I think? Yeah, kind we had a of. bit of a what if, but I don't Still think at convinced. any point no. I was prepared... I was definitely not prepared in any way, shape or form. My expectations had never been set for what potentially we were going to walk back into. There was no part of me that thought he could be autistic. I never actually thought that. So we can 
back in the lift to level three slash four. And we go back into the room for three year olds. <laughs> yeah, sat, sat nearly on the mezzle, sat on the floor. Yeah. And first of all, I think it was at this point that they said to me, so you're pregnant? Mm. And I sort of looked down at my belly and then they looked back at me and they said, you're going to be busy. Mm. But not in any kind of a caring tone. There was not... There was nothing sort of warm or lovely about what they had said. It was kind of almost judgmental. Mm, disparaging almost. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, we I remember at this point we had some food for Lennon. So he's sort of sitting in a chair with a table and he's um, eating whatever we had for him. Probably my mum's. Yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah, probably, <laughs> yeah probably had a whole box for him that day. Yeah. Um, and that was it, wasn't it? This was when the hushed voices, yeah. they almost sat away from the table, I remember. They did. They it was them. Away. It was those three, sorry, those yep. three against us. Like, yeah. They, they hadn't sort of integrated, Yeah. you know, to make us feel like we were a connected group of people. It was very much those three on that side of the table. Yeah. And I remember, and I don't know if it was, was it, did they, the, the tissues were big. Oh, yeah. Was it, was it now? It was now, before they, before they sort of dived into what the actual... Um, outcome slash diagnosis was and they yeah. one of them leant forward didn't say a thing yeah and <laughs> just, just slid the tissues pushed it across the table the oh. table that was only like 30 centimeters above the ground pushed across towards us which which at the at the time didn't play a role in my mind it wasn't until afterwards that that was significant yeah and it was look with the best intention not out but it just seemed I don't know it was, it was weird. It was just, just a weird thing, it was a so weird memory. Weird. It was so cold. Yeah. The whole so thing they... was just cold and sterile and, you know, we're just about to find out that our child's autistic and they... They did that. They were sitting there and they, they, were they pushed stone it. stone cold. Yeah, but and, and they talked in, in hushed voices. And I remember she said, look, we've, we've given Lennon a diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder. They're like, oh, shit, all right. And I think they were expecting tears. Yeah. But we didn't cry. No. Not then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was it was a bit of a shock. And then and then she said that. And then I remember she had the, the forms. We still have them, hey? And she, she went through. Yeah, the original the, diagnosis, yeah. Yeah, and she went through the different things of where Lennon was, um, you know, the, the significant flax. Because obviously this test is is fairly subjective. I mean, it turns out it was accurate, right? But in in part, but you know, they, it's subjective because you're dealing with an 18, 20 month year old kid. So she showed us where you know the big areas of concern and the delays and the the reactions and the and the speech and the everything else. And so you know they're, they're still expecting us to break down. I think she was expecting hysteria. Just hysteria, yeah. And we weren't hysterical. And so and then I said. I said, okay, so so what does that mean in terms of, you know, severity? I said, what what, what does it look like? How how does a, a diagnosis of autism look like? Because I understand very very superficially that it's a spectrum. And she said, look, if there are three levels of autism, with level one being the least severe, so the mildest, she said, we think Lennon would be level three, and that that for me was the rock, because I was I was open to the fact he was autistic, you know. I didn't actually think, I thought it was a real possibility, but I thought there could have been other other explanations. But, um, you know, we had this really loving, caring, happy, interactive little boy. And then when she said, 
autism. It was like, okay, I can come to terms with that. And then she said, you know, level three. Sevilla. Yeah, that was like, what? oh, wow. Mm. It just, it didn't, didn't sit right. It just felt, it just felt really weird. And I think that, you know, we, to be told something like that about Lennon when he was our little boy and we hadn't seen it coming, that for me was the hardest part because I, I just wasn't prepared for it. But again, like I didn't know what autism really meant either. So, yeah. you know, at that point, like I had, I had an idea of what it was and it was nothing like what we live with day in and day out now. Um, but shortly after that, you know, information had been delivered, we were sort of told that, you know, take some time, think about it and stuff would then happen. But I feel like everything after that conversation was a bit of a blur. Yeah. And yeah, so we sort time. of packed ourselves up and, um, you know, walked out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then um, I do think that, you know, he's autistic. He's He was severely autistic, apparently. Um, we should have reacted more strongly. We should have been a bit more hysterical. What do you mean, what do you mean by that? I think that's what they thought. I think, you know. And oh, this, that's what I was going to say. I think, didn't they say something like being pregnant with an autistic child, there's a, there's a relatively high chance the second child could be autistic? Yeah, they did. They absolutely did. Because at that point... No, we did know by that point we are having a girl. Um, but yeah, they were, they were not very nice to me mm. about being pregnant. And the fact that we had this autistic child, it was almost like you shouldn't be pregnant because you should be focusing all of your effort on this autistic child that you have. Or it's irresponsible knowing you've got a child with issues to have another child yeah. with potential issues. Yeah. That's, that's the feeling we got. That we was, may have read it wrong, but... At no point were they kind or lovely or excited you know people say oh my god wow how far along are you that's really Mm. lovely you know he's gonna have a little brother or sister or something regardless of the fact that he's autistic he can still he can still have a sibling that he can love and turns out he does turns out he does (laughs) and turns out she's the best kind of sibling he could possibly have yeah definitely but there we go our little boy has asd So we left. We were a little bit numb. Yeah, and and I remember just really trying to hold it together because I did not want the witches of Eastwick, who were mean to me about being pregnant and told me my son was autistic, to see me cry. Yeah. Because I'm stronger than that. He was stronger than that until the lift doors closed. And then I lost it. (laughs) (laughs) You did. Uh, but you know, like understandable, more more so because we just didn't know what it meant. Yeah, I definitely wasn't crying because I was told Lennon was autistic. I was crying because these three strangers had told me something about my child that I didn't know. That yeah. was really confronting. I felt quite disconnected to Lennon at that point. Yeah, which is awful. Which was awful, and that's the only day in my whole life I feel like I can say that I have felt like that. Yeah. That I just Almost like we didn't know him. That and I we didn't did know, know him. him. I didn't understand him. All those things that, you know, as a parent, you parent with instinct. And yet on that particular day, I felt like I had I had lost that connection to him because these people had told me this incredibly huge news about him and I just wasn't aware of what was going to come out of their mouths. And that shocked me greatly. It was also the way that they presented the news. Oh, the soft-spoken... Awful, wasn't it? Awful. Like, don't, don't beat around it. This is why we like Paddy. 
yeah. straight to the point. Straight to the point. And, you know, he doesn't, they don't have to be all sunshine and rainbows about it because that's not what you are. But it was this softly spoken, low-lit room with lightly coloured wood that wouldn't offend anybody. You know, it was like they were telling us he was dying. Yes, it Wasn't was. It? it was huge. Yes, it yeah. was. And he's not. Yeah. He was our little boy. Yeah. And you know what? To this day, one of the best things, the, the most, the biggest statement that we pretty much stand by still. But it was, a, it was, a, it was massive. I said to Amanda, I said, you know, if we could change him, would we? And you said, no, because that would mean changing who our little boy is. That's right. And we love this little man, obviously, but loved him more than anything, you know. And sure, he got this. He's he's now got this label this diagnosis but it doesn't change who he is no and i wouldn't change him because he's a quirky funny interesting little character who surprises me every day because my expectations of what he can do and how fast he can achieve things is always lower or slower than what he does things yeah and then he does something and it's you know he does something that's not at the same speed in which his sister would have done it or he sort of hasn't reached a milestone like his sister had reached it, but, you know, it's incredibly special. Yeah, and for those autistic parents listening, you must know this as well. Like, the milestones just mean infinitely more, don't they? Yeah, which doesn't take away from how exciting it is when Coco does something. Like, you know, no, the, not at all. writing at four is amazing, whereas Lennon's still yeah. struggling to write his name at six. Absolutely, but, but, you know, sitting here today, we were both working and we could hear him counting down from 10 yeah. to 1. Yeah. And that was, you know, that was really heartwarming. It was like, oh, my God, the yeah. kid can not only count, but he can count backwards. Yeah. And and we know Coco can pretty much do it, but she, she almost certainly will do it. We don't know that with Lennon. Yeah. We don't know whether he'll be able to read. We don't know. We didn't know that whether he was going to be able to talk. We didn't know whether he was going to be able to walk. But he keeps progressing. He always keeps progressing. And when he does these these really big things, like for us recently at the moment, it's sight words. Like, wow, this little boy is going to be able to read. And it's yeah. just, you know, just the, the gratitude you feel and the love you feel and the, the happiness you feel is just incomparable, really. Yeah, it's hard to explain. But even like yesterday, we went to the cinema. Cinema for those English people listening to movies for Aussies. And we went and saw Sonic and it was so loud. And yet Lennon was fine. He coped. He worked out how yeah, to he cope. Coped, yeah, yeah. There was a point in the movie where he put his he had a little hood on, he put his hood over his ears. He asked for his he, headphones, we didn't take them. Yeah, we didn't take them, but but the fact that he worked out how to manage without them, he just coped. Yeah. And he lasted the whole movie. Yeah. Amazing. He ate a lot of popcorn, in fairness. His body weight. <laughs> And then Pringles. Twice over. <laughs> yeah. And Pringles. Um, but still. So, yeah, look, you know, we had the diagnosis and we, it was it was pretty shocking. But it was case, you know, where very much the people have, all right, so we have we have something to deal with. So let's let's deal with it. Let's, what do we do now? Let's figure it out. For, for me, it was, I, I didn't know if I was upset or I was in a little bit of shock, I think. I went into just reading everything I could about autism and, and what that means um i don't want to say embarrassed because it's kind of weird like i'm certainly I'm, I'm not at all embarrassed that he's autistic but it's just kind of a weird thing that when your kid is different to a an extent where they've got a label that they're different you know how do you explain that how do you 
how do you tell people? Do you, do you start conversations with that? You know, it was like, it, we were hit with all this new information that is really difficult to process. Like, and we're still kind of figuring it out now. Like, oh, you know. totally. We'll never have it all figured out. No. Is he, is he shy and not being open to a stranger? Do we just jump in and say, oh, sorry, he's autistic. Mm-hmm. Or do just like, yeah, he's shy. Or do we just not even bother? Or, you know, it, it, I don't know. We're just... It's just this journey, right? Look, I think I think like everything that comes our way, you know, in the moment we, we make decisions and we deal with it on the fly because that's the only way we know how to deal with it. There is not there is no one size fits all solution for our situation. No, absolutely not. And what one of the things I read, I can't remember which site it was, but there was one there was one site of the many millions of sites I looked at which has rang true every day since. And that was one of these, one of the sites said, when you've met one autistic kid, you've met one autistic kid because they're all so, so different and they'll all deal with things differently. Yes, there's commonality and there's traits between them all, but one autistic kid is as different to another autistic kid. And we recognize that with every experience. Mm. So there we go. Mm. So that's that's our diagnosis story. Interesting to look back on. Yes, September 18, 2015. Definitely needed a wine. (laughs) Here's to our little boy, huh? Here's to our little boy. Wouldn't change him. Nope. Cheers. Cheers. I love him because because he's my brother.